SAFM. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. My producer is Hazel Makuzeni, and Garnet Kunika is our technical producer. Our number in the studio is 0892102010, and you may email us on otherwise at safm.co.za. Otherwise, on SAFM. Yeah, the weather's strange today. Lots of rain, but also heat. So all of us trying to keep away from getting the flu. But today, it's not about the flu. We ask financial planner Pat Blammer to give us pointers on how we may retire successfully. We also talk to Monica Cromhort on how she found a second career path after retirement. How often have you left home and forgot to switch off your lights, alarm system, or geezer? Taps are also easily forgettable as well. Even worse, you forgot something that could easily start a fire when unattended. Kubebu IT and security systems puts you in control of things at home while you are not there. All of this is possible with just a touch of a button on your cell phone. You can protect your valuables and will cost you no more than 100 rand a month. For peace of mind, call Kubebu IT on 079-170-5852. There's the big picture, and the small picture, and everything that's green in between, on the Enviro Show, Thursday nights on SAFM between 9 and 10. Otherwise, on SAFM. Pat Blammer is a financial planner specializing in helping her clients retire successfully, and she joins us now on the phone. Welcome to Otherwise, Pat, and thank you for your time. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Happy New Year. And, and the same to you, but I cannot tell you, I think quite a few people have suddenly woken up now in the New Year. I've had quite a few calls saying, obviously trying to get their affairs in order and New Year's resolution and need to start having a look at that. So I think people are waking up quite early this New Year and, you know, being aware of things and what they need to do regarding their financial planning. Yes, we all are getting wiser as far as finances are concerned and we always talk to people who are still in the industry, who are still working and or are joining the workforce, but we hardly ever talk about um, people who have retired to make sure that, um, you know, to, to give them advice on how to use that retirement. Because I want to believe that because uh, of, of evolving times and, and, and the, the value of the money you, you saved, you wake up, it's 2014, and you thought you had enough, and you don't have enough. Absolutely. And, you know, something with retirement is it's something that you build up your whole working life. So certainly the earlier that you start planning for retirement, you know, the better that if you've got more chance on getting to retirement with sufficient money. But we are a specialist financial retirement planning business. So I only deal with clients who are approaching asset in retirement, and that is my speciality. And, you know, you've had different bits and pieces of advice your whole life, but when you're on that cusp of retirement, and, you know, a lot of people now, they're saying not fully retire, you know, start a second career, do this, do this, mm. but it's almost like planning your work career, you need to plan your retirement to make sure it's it is successful while money is part of, you know, 
a successful retirement. What are you going to do with your time in retirement? Mm-hmm. And that is what we like to spend time on is a balance in retirement between money, between, you know, there's a whole load of different things that come into play when you reach retirement. So when does one approach a financial planner like yourself? Um, I, I, I assume that people have saved somewhat, somewhere, somehow, uh, but it's the dawn of retirement. Is it two years before retirement? Is it a year or is it on the year when they retire and are starting to look at what is out there? Yeah, you know, I think it's the earlier the better. You know, there's different people that you can use during your retirement, but, you know, certainly from 40 onwards, you should be taking your retirement quite, you know, quite seriously, getting professional advice, and, you know, you keep talking about it, 40, 45, going towards 50, and, you know, keep talking, and at 40, even though that's quite late, you know, if these warning bells, if your retirement is not on track, there's enough time to do something about it. If you wake up in the year or even three years before retirement, there's not too much time in order to do what you need to do. So to me, the earlier you start planning that retirement or, you know, making sure that you have put together sufficient money, trying to work out what is the financial scenario that you can expect in retirement. Um, the earlier you do that, the better, the more chance you've got of having sufficient income in retirement and knowing where that income is going to come from. But Pat, I, I, that's an ideal situation. When, mm-hmm. when young people start working, they finish school, they, they want to, they build in families, they, you know, they're worried about kids getting to school and all of that. Sure. I, sure. I, I doubt that they, they even begin to think of retirement and begin yes. to put money away. So, Ideally, that's what they should be doing. But one person wakes up at 45, 50, and thinks, oh, my word, <laughs> I, I, I need to be looking at my finances quite seriously and, and, and everything else. But, you know, apart from and, – and, again, some people don't have um, high-paying uh, um, uh, jobs. Uh, yeah. they, they don't have – they're not doctors and lawyers, you know, those kinds of people. And a lot of them are, but – if you're not, if you don't have a a profession that pays you a lot of money, um, it, things are different from one that has earned a lot of money and is quite is quite sober about uh, how to spend it in retirement annuities and all of that. Yes, you know, but saving for retirement is a discipline that you should start from the time that you start working, and it almost us as parents need to teach our children that discipline. The other part of the discipline is if you work for an employer, and I know everybody doesn't work for an employer that offers a retirement fund, mm. but, you know, you will be slowly contributing towards your retirement from earlier on if you do have that retirement fund, or just take out some kind of investment, and every month when you get paid, just the discipline of slowly starting to put money away, mm. and, you know, you turn around and, you know, suddenly you've got quite a lump sum there. With government, they're sitting and re-looking at the legislation on, you know, monies, your provident fund, your pension fund, and there's, you know, there's reform papers coming out at the moment to say when you leave employment, so often, you know, you sit and think there's 50,000, 60,000, ah, you know, I, I need a new car, deposit on this, or I'll put it into my bond, you know, I've often heard that said. Mm. But keep that money, keep it safe, keep it put away for retirement, 
and that 50,000 to next employer, that 50,000, all of that, you know, together with compound interest as is growing, all those bits and pieces, if you do it slowly for a long period of time, even though you're not earning much money, you can start building a mistake towards retirement. And, you know, I, I know young people who don't have, you know, that extra disposable income. It's very hard. But if you are in the formal sector where you have that retirement fund, you're just slowly putting that money away. You know, self-employed people, it's it's more harder. They've got mm. self-disciplined in order to put that money away for themselves. And even very often you find the doctors, the self-employed people, it's they should have put more money away than maybe they did because their self-discipline is very hard, even for the higher earners. Mm. So it's something that should happen over your lifetime, and it's something that, you know, as parents, we should instill that savings culture on our children as well. Okay, come retirement day, and I, I, I think yes. we'll keep it for another time what sort of investments one should have. But yes. come retirement day... Um, and you do not have enough money, yes. how do you then assist your clients in maybe, uh, you know, uh, sizing down to a much um, cheaper lifestyle and and possibly even augmenting that, that retirement um, lump sum that they got? Because, um, you know, obviously they, they, they'll probably need to continue working. I think it is sure. good to find second careers. Absolutely. We're very much proponents of that because, you know, unfortunately when you're sitting in the corporate, you know, you may get to retirement age 60 or 65 and your employer, even though you're absolutely capable still of keeping on working, they say that you have to stop working at that stage. Second careers, a lot of our clients have second careers and we suggest to them the earlier you start looking at that and, you know, who says? at the age of 60 that you need to retire. Mm-hmm. You know, we are perfectly capable, I think, with us, you know, even to work towards 70, who says that you can't do that? You've got years and years of experience that you've built up, and, you know, it's it maybe easier said than done, and the people that are self-employed, it's maybe easier for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think if we don't have enough money, you've got to have that mindset that you are prepared to work a little bit longer. What is terribly important by the time you get to retirement if you could have settled death by that stage? You don't want to, your little bit of retirement savings, still have to take that to settle a bond on a home or settle outstanding debt in a motor car. Mm-hmm. So, you know, certainly those are things that, you know, with the help of a financial planner that they can coach you through that stage. But for me, if you don't have enough money, you have to keep on working. If if you can, even what I often look at it in a different way is for every million rand that you've got invested, it's equivalent to 5,000 rand a month income. Mm. More or less, you know, depending what age, between four and a half and 5,000 rand a month. Mm. So if I can go out and earn four and a half or 5,000 rand a month, that's equivalent to a million rand in the bank. Hmm. And yeah. what if you can't afford to retire? I mean, you know, I, 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 
I, I know that most companies will probably not keep people, as you said, at, 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 at 60. Um, but are there other uh, things that people can do? Can they go into? Is there an organization that will look at employing people because of their skills over 60, over retirement age? Um, not that I'm aware of. I don't know of any particular organization. And I think that person who's in that predicament, you've got to put feelers out. You've got to start asking questions. And, you know, you, you've got to, I think, instead of always just looking forward, you've got to start looking sideways to open your eyes to different opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, I think you're out there on your own and you've got to make things happen for yourself. And it's scary, you know, even though somebody says at the age of 60, you know, suddenly you're too old to work. But, you know, if you're in good health, there's nothing stopping you. And with all the the knowledge that you have in your head through years and years of working, Mm. you know, you very much as an asset to the people who, you know, you can provide your skills to. But Unfortunately, and I think even employment agencies, not that I've been to one for a very, very long time, but I think, you know, as soon as they see the age of 60 or 58 on your CV, you know, they're not that happy to employ you. So you've, you've got to be looking around, asking questions, and you've got to be proactive. You can't sit back and expect people at that age, you know, to start coming looking for you to employ your skills, unless you've got a very specialist skill. That's very scary. It is very scary. I mean, we're looking for skilled people in this country. Our youth need mentors. And I'm not sure, I I can't believe that we don't have a a system in place where we can utilize um, retired people or utilize their skills in, in, in any way. Yes. It's, it, I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, pockets of people like that. It's just I don't know of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of my clients, you know, they start themselves, and, you know, maybe, you know, they've got more of ability, they've got their own businesses where they can choose to work longer. But, it, you know, it's, it, to me, it's everyone, you've got to get out there and show your own initiative in order to try and set something up. A lot of my clients, you know, maybe don't need to provide an income, but they need to keep themselves occupied. Mm, mm. So, you know, they will go out and maybe offer their services and not expecting to get any kind of salary or very minimal salary for the work that they're doing. Your clients I, have been good over the years. They've, they've yes, invested their yes. money wisely. Yes, yes. But, you know, not everybody has. And, you know, they say that only 6% of South Africans can afford to retire and support themselves for the rest of their lives. So there's a huge portion of the population that doesn't fit into that uh, that category. Mm. Now, yes. if, at the end of your, when you get your lump sum, um, yes. do you advise people to, if they can, start probably a small business uh, with part no, no, of the no, money? No, no. Oh, you know... The, I certainly would never give that kind of advice because if you take, if you've got a pension fund or a provident fund, a retirement fund that you've built up during your years, if you, you know, whether it's from an employer or you've built up your own retirement savings through a retirement annuity possibly, to take that money 
and start a business at that age in a business that they're not specialist in. Mm-hmm. You know, to go and start maybe a restaurant or a little coffee shop. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work out, they've lost their retirement savings. Sure. Yeah, and absolutely not to start. That's not my advice to my clients to, you know, start second careers at that stage. If that was something that interested them, they certainly should start a lot earlier to start to dabble or go, in, you know, as a side business, start looking at it, but not to take your retirement savings and to put that in jeopardy. And if it doesn't work out, you're even worse off than you were before. Would you advise for them then to take part of it and reinvest it? And, uh, yes, so certainly, you know, they've got certain options when they get to retirement. With a retirement, and I, I don't, you know, how much detail that you want me to go into, mm-hmm. but with your retirement savings, you can, these have been built up that you've obtained tax um, deductions on these while you've been building them up. You, there's two ways of buying yourself a pension at retirement. It's, a pension is called an annuity. Mm-hmm. And you can do it either you can buy a compulsory annuity where you go to an insurance company and say, I've got a million rand or two million rand. What will you pay me as a pension for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. That's the one way of doing it. The other one is a living annuity. Still, it's a pension, but then you take responsibility for how those monies are invested. Certainly, I prefer the, compo- uh, the living annuity route. We, together with my clients, I sit down, we do the whole financial plan, and we choose how much income that we're going to draw from their pension and retirement. One should always have pension fund monies and after-tax discretionary monies, so monies that have already been taxed. And they should draw their income from a combination of those two sources in that your pension monies if I needed to buy a car, a new car during my retirement, you don't want to go into debt. You need cash in order to buy that car. You can't go on the pension fund and say, pay me a lump sum. Mm. And you can only do it from after-tax discretionary money. So, you know, we very carefully balance those two kinds of monies, you know, as to how they're going to get their monthly income and just, you know, balance it so there's enough for replacement vehicles or anything that they may need over and above their monthly pension um, coming in um, each month. Hmm. I, I imagine people who have not worked, for instance, most women are housewives for yes. a while and have not worked, and the spouse who actually controlled all the money, yes. um, if there's no will, then they also out in the cold. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll come back to the will in a moment, but, you know, I always say to my husband and wife, both spouses should have money in their own name because if something had happened to the main breadwinner, the husband, but in most cases, if something had happened to him yesterday, where is that spouse today? Mm-hmm. She doesn't even have enough money to pay for, uh, you know, to have him buried or, you know, funeral or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, I put money in both of my spouses' name. Also, it's sufficient that for the spouse, you know, who hasn't been earning the money, she's got enough money to support her for at least 12 months while her husband's estate would be wound up. Oh, wow. Everything starts getting frozen. It is such a scary situation. And most of my clients are the husband and wife. And when I consult to them, I said, 
Even though very often the woman says the man has made all the financial decisions during their working life, and I said, I want the wife sitting there because suddenly, you know, she's never had any input on their financial planning and she now sits with all the scary stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, the odd wife has said to me, I don't want to die after him, I'm going to die before him. And I said, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you can't choose that sort of thing. No, you know, and to empower yourself, both of you plan together that both husband and wife must have money in their own land. You must plan for the day when only one of you are going to be there. And how is it going to work? Understand how that's going to work. And, you know, even if he's made all the financial decisions, I say to the wife, sit there quietly, listen to his thinking. And at least when you've got to start making those decisions, you hear what his planning was. Mm. You know, it's not quite so scary in those circumstances. And, you know, with the difference in age as well, when people get married, mm-hmm. even if they're mm-hmm. both working, one retires before the other. Yes. It, yes. it, it, it just puts a damper on the, on, on the marriage itself. Because sure. if you haven't planned properly, um, and, and, you know, you need to have these conversations long before uh, the, the retirement age and, you know, financial conversations also long before uh, you, yes. you, get, you get into trouble. So... How easy is it to, for people to have this knowledge, or do they all have to call a financial planner and sit down with them? You know, even some of the most educated people who've educated themselves in this, uh, you know, in this field, once it's your own money and you're so personally involved in this, it's not easy to make those decisions. So, mm-hmm. to me, you should have a financial planner. You know, there are a number of different, you know, financial planners that are out there, you know, and of course, you know, the costs, you know, for the financial planning is also, you know, quite a wide spectrum of it. But if you've asked the question, you know, I always look at my clients and, you know, I've got CEOs of companies and that kind of thing, but I am the financial coach through the whole lot. And they're saying, and especially, you know, like in 2008, and, you know, people are so frightened to be going out into the investment market. You need somebody to hold your hand, to take you through the process, and just be the voice of reason. If you are wanting to make a decision, a big financial decision, it helps just to be able to talk it out with a person who's not emotionally involved with the money. Mm. So, you know, certainly to have that financial advice. And it's, when I say to my clients, this, the position we like to take with them, you CEO of your life, you in charge of your own life, but I want you to think of me as your CFO, as your chief financial officer. Let's make a decision together. Let's understand what the impact of maybe packing up everything, selling up everything here, moving to the coast. You've never been down at the coast. You don't know what, you know, you don't know whether you like it or not. Let's have a look at what is the impact on, of that on your financial situation. Is it a good idea? Isn't it? And it's just somebody to hold your hand. And, you know, it's my job to have knowledge and even the people that, you know, educate themselves as much as they can in this field, it's hard to keep up to date. But it's my job to keep up to date with all the changing legislation and, you know, to be unemotional but still give them exactly what they're looking for. Pat, so, 
Pat, yeah. it, it's, it's so great talking to you. I could talk to you mm-hmm. for hours. We, mm-hmm. we will mm-hmm. revisit. Uh, we, we need to talk about wills and all of that, but we've run out of time. Uh, is there any way we can give people a number of who would like to contact you and maybe talk more to you about about their finances? Um, certainly, the landline at work is 011-502-2800. If I'm not able to help the person, um, you know, there are other people in the business. We are a biggish practice. Mm-hmm. Some people, I specialize in the retirement field. There are other people that help younger people. My clients, children, they're specialists, you know, they need other kind of cover. So certainly okay. there are people who can assist them. Thank you so much for your time, okay. Pat. Thank it's you. My pleasure. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That number again is zero double one five zero two two eight double zero. It's a firm, but Pat, Pat um, um, if she's not available, somebody else will be able to give you advice. It's now time for news headlines with Kirit Lala. Otherwise, on SAFM. You're listening to Otherwise on SAFM with me, Shadow Twala, and we're talking life after retirement. And now Monica Crumhart is a retired astrologer, but um, she had to find a second career path after retirement. Monica, hello. Hello, Shadow. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. Now, you retired at how, at how old were you when you retired? Um, Shadow, I, I have another kind of attitude. I was listening to Pat with interest. Yes. I never contemplated uh, retirement ever. I, um, at around about the age of 16, which is when I started working, I had quite a traumatic first job, and at that stage I decided I would never again do work I didn't love. <laughs> and that I would always consider myself to be working for myself even though for many years I had an employer, but I always loved what I did. And the thought of retirement never crossed my mind ever. I'll be um, 70 in just over a year, so past retirement. But I've never worked harder than before nor loved what I do more than I, I do now. And my life is very full and interesting and secure. So let's go back a bit. Uh, you started working at 16. You didn't like it. What were you doing then at 16? I worked for Barclays Bank in Harare. Oh, okay. And I, I just knew it was, it was awful. It was a terrible job, and I resigned after three months <laughs> and learned and made that decision that I would never again just take on a job because I needed a job. We and all... I stuck with that steadily, and I coped then by learning shorthand and typing and mm-hmm. bookkeeping, mm-hmm. Uh, which became skills that carried me for decades okay. uh, through the years. And I uh, changed my job quite a lot. I can't never counted up how many times. But each time it was a step up to something I loved more. I see. I never went by salary. I just went to what would teach me more, what would interest me more. And I've had a wonderful, wonderful career. It sounds like it. And you know, your heart has taken you to many interesting places. Very, very much so. And right to where I am now, and it continues to take me. Now, the, where did astrology come in then? I began, I discovered astrology when I was in my 40s. Mm-hmm. In my early 40s. I'd never given it a thought. And uh, um I was fairly religious and would not have ever 
contemplated something like astrology until a series of events Mm -hmm. brought my attention to the fact that there must be something going on in my life. I was 42, Mm. and there must be something going on because this um, coincidence of multiple events all happening at the same time, I thought there must be an explanation, and it occurred to me that astrology might be able to answer that question. Okay, so you've always had an inquiring mind. Always, yes. Okay. Now, when did you retire from that, if we may call it retiring, because you continue to work and do the things you love? But you you started something else, which is called the Healing House Helderberg. Yeah, well, that is after me. I stopped working for an employer when I was in uh, my early 50s. Okay. And began to work for myself. And at that stage, my husband was alive, so we worked together at from home. And uh, the Healing House is fairly new. The Healing House began uh, just over two years ago. Okay, so shall we call that 50, when you were 50, that was officially your retirement because you were not working for an employer, right? Uh, well, That's yes. when you stopped working for an employer. Retirement. Uh, I, I, didn't, I retired from working for an employer. Yes, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, but then I began to work for myself. And Doing what? Uh, we, my husband and I ran a publishing company from home. Uh-huh. It was in the days when um, publishing software had become available. The Internet was not around. Mm-hmm. And the two of us published books, and we published a magazine for writers called Writer's World. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm pushing on the, on, on the, you know, starting a second career. I, to, to I, I realized that when I was heard the beginning, and I, it's many careers. One career evolves and merges into the next one. Mm, but mm. each one trains you and prepares you for something else, which pops up as an opportunity along the way. But you must be open to it. Absolutely, and with minimum of planning. I've never planned or had any, any, um, aspirations towards anything other than to do what I love doing Hmm. and to expand my horizons. And uh, so whatever is in front of me now, I do that with all my heart. Anyone who knows me knows that. And uh, it expands and expands and then takes me to another place where another opportunity pops up and then I jump ship and I go from that to the next (laughs) thing, which takes me still further. And I think that's a natural way of living. Um, I really think that the idea of retiring from working is a false concept. Well, I suppose that, I suppose when you're not getting paid to do what you were skilled to do, when you've given that all of your life, and now you have time in your hands to do the things that you want to do, you know, for others maybe a difficult concept. Absolutely, I understand that. I understand that, but I can't recommend more highly um, the idea of just doing what you love and not considering work, working for money. I've never thought about my work as a way to earn a living. I've thought of my work as doing what I love. I, I hear you. And uh, that, is, that is what has earned my living at the same time. Okay, but how do you how do you measure how much you get back for what you've done? Do you mean uh, financially? Financially, yes. Well, my clients pay me. I have a healing house at the moment. Um, uh, it's been different throughout my life, but mm-hmm. my clients, my astrology clients, 
pay me. I'm quite very busy as an astrologer. I have various support workshops that I have to support to help them mm-hmm. along the way. And the healing house is a, a kind of a guest house, but I never advertise it because only people on a, a, a kind of a spiritual path stay here. So do they so somewhat, they pay. They do, they pay gravi- do they gravitate towards your guest house or? Yes, I meet them along the way and, and it's always full. <laughs> and I just meet them along the way in what I'm doing and someone comes up and needs a place to stay and um, they come and stay, um, well, for a couple of years even. Wow. So how do you work out what to charge each person? For what? For staying here. For staying and whatever services you give, because you you give quite a, a few services. Yes. So how do you how do you? I have standard I have standard charges that I think are reasonable uh, to charge, and that the people I would like to be part of uh, can afford. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my my measure. I don't measure by what I need. I have paid off my house. If that belongs to me, so I don't have to pay rent. Mm. That I did over the years, and I get a small pension mm. every month. So I've got that, uh, which helps me a lot, uh, but it's not enough really to survive on. But I've never thought about earning money to survive on. I was a single mom. I raised my children on my own, and that left me with not much as the years went by. And when they grew up, I began to be able to accumulate and become a bit more secure, pay off my bond and that kind of thing. Mm. Let's go back to doing what you love. Yes. How, how do you recognize that? Um, you know, as I said, somebody who's just been doing the same thing over the years, um, they now have time in their hands. Mm. And you're saying do what you love because maybe they don't need money. Uh, maybe they do need money. But... Um, Finding that which you love, because you've been wired to do, mm. you know, the thing. How do you recognize it? How do you, how do you identify uh, that it is the thing you love to do? Um, I never consciously um, had any particular technique that I had. Now, as, a, as an astrologer, I know that there are ways of recognizing that in a birth chart. But uh, I always recognize it in my heart and my. Um, from very as from early childhood, I wanted to live a life that made a difference on the earth. I was very young when I began to think that way, mm-hmm. and I wanted a life that was meaningful. And mm-hmm. as a small child going to Sunday school, I verbalized that as working for Jesus. I wanted to work for Jesus. That was as much as I could understand. Mm-hmm. And then as the years went by, I continued that same theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for instance, one of the key times in my life is for a period of almost seven years, I was director of Lifeline okay. in two different centers. And I um, had tremendous, I learned such important things at that time that prepared me for a corporate life that then I went from there because I needed the money to uh, support my children. Mm. But I took the skills I'd learned at Lifeline, uh, the training skills, I became a training manager in an in a insurance company. Hmm. Now, tell me, what else do you do apart from running the the healing house? Uh, how do you keep alive on on other? Uh, do you exercise, for instance? Do you, do you have a routine that you no, do? No, I'm really bad at exercising. <laughs> I don't I don't like exercising at all. Okay. Um. How else do you fill your time? I well, I start. I wake up. Do you have hobbies and those kinds of things? 
My, my, my life and my work and my hobbies are all one thing. There's no separation. Ah, okay. I get up very early in the morning. I work seven days a week, but I, I never work, actually. All I'm doing is having fun and doing what I love. I always feel when people say, oh, Monica, you should take a holiday. I am on holiday. You're permanently on holiday. I've been on holiday for more years than I can count. Um, so tell us about this healing house. People come in and they stay. It's a guest house. And yes. what else happens in the? In, in, do you do you have events and those kinds of things? I have events, um, uh, workshops, uh, ceremonies. Uh, I have uh, six tents in my back garden. I have a very lovely garden. Okay. And uh, when they're not, there's not enough space inside. People come and use the tents, so they sleep in this. Have a little camping experience. Um, sometimes they bring their children. Uh, it's a, it's an unusual lifestyle. I know that, but I love it, and I feel and what, I'm and, a lucky one. And what do you talk about when all these people are around? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a variety of people. You know, one of the blessings I have, Shadow, is that I hardly know anyone of my age. I have all these young people around me, dozens and dozens and dozens of them coming and going. Mm-hmm. And uh, they keep me up to date with the world of the young and um, even the ones who are closer to my age. They're pretty much like me. So uh, we talk about all kinds of things. Uh, quite a strong attachment to nature. I'm really interested in nature and natural subjects, astronomy, um, mm-hmm. uh, weather. I'm interested in weather and weather forecasting. And um, uh, all kinds of things, gardening, herbs, uh, that kind of thing. Nature, nature is a kind of a teacher in a way. Would you would you put a name to the kind of lifestyle, maybe that you're describing? I'm just trying to imagine. Is it closest to any other lifestyle we understand or that has been coined? Uh, I wonder. It's very free. I don't know what name to give it. Uh, I do have a name. What? I do have a name. What? I'm a vagabond. You are a? Vagabond. Vagabond? Yes. Where I live each day as it comes to me. That's how a vagabond lives. I, I have the minimum of planning. So my perspective is quite different to Pat's. I have respect for Pat as well and, and people who live that way. But I chose a, a vagabonding lifestyle. Mm. And each day for me is like a whole new adventure. Uh, where I take what's coming in the day, like this interview, for instance. That wasn't planned ahead. I know, I know. Uh, just like an hour or just over an hour ago, I knew this interview was going to happen, so I say yes to everything. Oh, you're so sweet. If something comes, then I take it on. And I, it's worked. It's a magic. It I, works for me in a magical way. I love that attitude. We, we, we really do. Mm, Thank you I'm, for your time, Monica. And where is your healing house? In Somerset West. Somerset West. Yes. I, I, I had a hippie kind of label for it, but it's, it, it's more than that, I think. The, the, okay. va- <laughs> the vagabond sounds yes. more like it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Summer said, and people don't call you, they just arrive and land, hey? Well, some of their phones, people will phone, or it's people who are part of my circle already. They may come and stay for a week or a month or a couple of years. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, and they come and they go, and we have experiences with each other, and they move on. I like the I like the couple of years maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, literally. <laughs> how 
long as the longest person stays. Well, we think uh, the healing house started in January two years ago. Yeah. And one of the people who lives here moved in on that day, and she's still here. <laughs> and she's one of my closest friends. Healing house, Helderberg in Somerset. Yes. Well, hopefully one day if I'm, I'm driving through there, I'd love to see the city. Come and visit Shadow. It yes. sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love the garden. I'm, I'm, I'm not sleeping outside, though. That's for sure. Well, sleep in the treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Monica, thank you, for the, thank you for sharing with us. Thank and you, and all the best to you. Huh? Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. That's, that's Monica Cromhart. Um, yeah, there is life after retirement, if you call it retirement. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep bringing you tips on what you can do because people get bored. Some people have fears of what to do with their time and, you know, how to earn just a little extra income, uh, during retirement. It is a scary time because you, you come, you've come with a skill from hopefully a huge company and one morning you wake up and you're on your own. Very scary. Make sure your finances are fine. But even with your finances that are fine, I think you need that interaction with people. What do you do with yourself? You exercise, you eat well, you go on holiday. The first six months sounds great. Then eventually it sets in, especially when you do not have family around you. But even if, even when you do, when they leave and go and do their things, you're all alone in the house. What then? We'll, we'll find more people to talk to and just hopefully get an organization that absorbs people with these skills and uses them effectively. I think the country still needs them. We can't just uh, dismiss them as old and useless. So we'll talk to them in a, in a, in a bit as, as we go along in the coming months. But we thought we'd take a piece of music before Shap Shap by Busim Song.
that was music by Busim Song or Cool Line. It is now time for Shop Shop.